This week on the Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're continuing our discussion on how to work with unwanted thoughts and responding to a couple of questions from our private Facebook group. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. Always good to be with you for another episode. And I'm really enjoying digging into themed questions. I know you are too, and, and our listeners are, are giving us some great information to dig into and untangle. And the first question is, I would love some tips on how to better or more rapidly process anxious thoughts rather than just trying to distract myself from them. That's a great question, isn't it? It really is. And it starts with a conscious decision to stay with the thought. Often we have an anxious thought come up, an uncomfortable thought come up, and our hand will reach for something, something diverting. And nowadays, it's easier than ever to do that because it's probably right by the end of our arm, a phone or something that we can just pick up and take our mind away. So I think to notice where we're reaching for a distraction, we might find ourselves in the kitchen with a bag of potato chips or on Instagram or something. So to just notice where are we going to distract? And that's the time to stop and take a breath and make a conscious choice to respond rather than react by distraction. And then we get to choose how we want to process the thought, whether that be through journaling, sitting with it and breathing, going for a walk to help our mind clear and settle, or my, my favorite go-to, just nipping out in the garden for a minute. We can also use questions to check in with ourselves by asking, where is this thought coming from? Why is it snagging me? And what do I need? Yeah. And when we talk about nipping out in the garden or going for a walk, the intention there is still to be with the thought. And there's a subtle difference, isn't there, between allowing it to exist and taking care of ourselves and getting snagged by it and ruminating on it and feeling the, the full uh, potential of the story we might build around it. It really is a case for, for watching ourselves and watching how we respond. So if we're going to go for a walk or go out in the garden to let it coexist with us, to take some deep breaths and allow the thought to flow past if it needs to, leave us some clues, some lessons if it needs to. This weekend I was reading something and I suddenly became very anxious and I just had to stop and take a breath and think, now, why am I suddenly feeling like this? What happened? And I went back and looked at what I read and I was like, oh, that made me feel really sad. And it keys into an experience I've had that was really raw in my life. So just weekend morning, sitting in my chair, I was fine. I woke up really happy, really positive. I had good ideas for my day ahead and I read something and it got me. And as soon as I acknowledged it, it was like I'd been punched in the ribs. It was really intense. And then I realized, oh, there's some grief. So my choice was to sit with that and do some tapping and breathing. And it took about four hours to 
leave me and I needed to take good care of myself that day. And it did alter the, the flow of my day. So I had to make some allowances for that. Sometimes we just need to have that space to look. Something's going to come at us and trigger us or bring something up. And then we need to look, you know, what's under here. Is there sadness? Is there anger under the sadness? Is there grief? Is there just raw anxiety or anxiety because I've made a story about it? We need to just sit and look at what it is. And that's part of the processing. As for doing it rapidly, we may or may not. There are techniques that can help us process things more quickly. Certainly, we can settle the anxiety more quickly, but sometimes these things do take a bit of processing time. But the irony is it's quicker if we're not distracted, if we just let it be and let it pass. It really is. And I also understand that it takes courage to face what's really going on when these anxious thoughts come up. And it's a habit to distract. So please understand that we don't think this is easy necessarily, but it is a recommendation that will help you as you practice. It will help you have a better understanding of yourself and what you do need and how you can be sweet with yourself and move past, dissolve, address what's come forward. At this point in time, there is so much going on in the world. There is so much grief. There is so much loss. There is a divisiveness that we've never seen or I've never seen in this lifetime. And a lot of what triggers us is because of all of that information and all of that energy flowing to us on top of what we are already personally experiencing. So you have this double whammy. And by separating the two, by getting really clear about uh, this is mine and this is not mine, and here's this place of compassion that I can draw from for myself and others. I was watching a program the other night that I used to watch habitually. It's called 60 Minutes. And they sometimes do some beautiful in-depth stories. It's a show that's been around forever in, in the U.S. But they were talking about all of the Native American children who were taken away from their families and sent to these schools to uh, basically exercise their entire heritage from them, from their little bodies, from their minds, from their lineage. And I just started bawling and I was sick to my stomach. And I thought, how can this be? And I realized there's so many stories like that, too, just too many to even bear, really. And I chose that. I chose to watch that story. And it's not like I didn't realize how heavy and how sad it was. And I invited that in. And was completely wiped out for the rest of the night. And even now, sitting here telling you about it makes my stomach feel uncomfortable and makes me go to that place of, how could this be? How did we do this? And anyway, that's, a, probably, that's probably five episodes of conversation. But the point is, what I know now is that 
while that information is important for me to understand that, that, that this happened, because so much of what's happened in our history has been swept under the carpet, and at the same time, so much is coming out. I need to make better choices on, is this the time to, to listen to this or not? Is this the time to bring it in? And perhaps it's just completely fine that I did that, but knowing how sensitive I am and how sensitive our listeners are and you are, we have to know the right time and place sometimes before we let that in. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a question of personal resilience when we can and can't process things. And it's a very personal choice what we choose to explore. And I think it's a very healthy response to to cry and and to you know, to not distract and to be with the awfulness of it is an empathetic response. I was talking to um a young white male <laughs> last week, a very sensitive and wonderful one, and he was talking about the slave trade and how his generation haven't learned so much about it. And he said I don't want to be ignorant. I'm educating myself. I'm reading this and I'm looking at that because I don't want to be ignorant. And I was thinking of that root of ignorance to ignore. So, you know, sometimes we see something like you just did that triggers us or, or it's just plain, it might not be triggering. It might not have personal relevance. It may or it may not, but it's painful and it's uncomfortable. So are we in a place to hold space for it in respect? Sometimes I'll continue reading something a bit of it uncomfortable. Just because I don't want to turn away, click away is also, in a sense, turning away. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a story and, and see a face of somebody I don't know that relates to that story. And I think, I just don't want to ignore your plight right now. So yeah, this is going to be a rough read, but I send you my love. I hope things work out for you. And I'm, I'm going to spend a few minutes with you to hear what you've got to say, because I don't want to ignore. But by the same token, we can't read everything and we can't process everything so i think it's it's a balance isn't it between keeping an open heart and an open mind and not uh, drowning ourselves and i think we have a duty of care to ourselves and our loved ones to build resilience as much as we can that we get those hours in at the beginning of the day that help us be a little bit waterproof um just a not non-empathetic not by bypassing people's experience, but we're grounded and rooted in, in a practice that gives us some depth and some strength so we can meet what faces us. I always think of the example of a tree that's got deep roots. There's going to be storms and winds and, you know, they may lose a branch or suffer some loss of leaves or fruits or whatever, but a rooted tree stays in the ground. So I think we all have a duty of care to ourselves and our nearest and dearest to be as rooted as we can. So that when things blow through, they're going to cause some disturbance, but they're not going to take us out. Mm, very well said. After the break, we'll dig into how you can honor your thoughts and let go of them. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Did you know that you can be totally burned out without even knowing it? Often this shows up as a lack of motivation or detachment or just exhaustion. At the end of my prior career, I was so burned out, it was hard for me to get up for the day ahead. 
Hiring a counselor to sort things out was a big help for me. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Moving on to our next question. My biggest issue is how do I honor my thoughts but still let go of them? Through my meditation practice, I know that rejecting thoughts is just as destructive as latching onto them. I've not yet found a way to master that fine line. My first thought in reading that is you are not alone. No. <laughs> that mastery is a lifelong practice for sure. Ayurveda teaches that the nature of our mind is to accept or reject. Things come in through our false ego, and then the mind says good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no, and then the intelligence gets involved and says why. And what we're really aiming for here is neutrality. The question makes perfect sense. Yeah, rejecting thoughts, it's aversion. It's got an energy to it that also doesn't help. It's completely true. So to aim for neutrality, to honor and respect our thoughts, um, and to do that we may need to give them some space and time, be curious about them, but let them pass by without us getting hooked. So we're looking for the backstory, if necessary, the lessons, definitely, and then letting them go. Mm. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to say. It's easy to say. It helps to know how the mind works. Then, yeah, we can, really then we can use our intelligence to step back and say, oh, I'm getting hooked. We're practicing all the time. Just last week, I, I went to message somebody on Facebook, which I try and avoid as much as possible apart from our work together. And one of those videos just flipped up and I found myself watching it. And it was a woman on a plane being really disagreeable about somebody with a baby. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, I got hooked. Yeah. I watched the thing. I felt really irritated and disturbed by it. And once again, you know, after we do these things, we check in and think, well, that didn't serve you well. I certainly wasn't going to watch anymore. So I walked away to the kitchen to make lunch. I was in the house on my own, so I wasn't interacting with anyone else. And I'm making lunch and my mind is chewing it and yeah. objecting to it. And then I stopped and I said out loud to myself, your mind is doing exactly what you object to in that video. That woman was pre-arguing a situation that hadn't even occurred yet, that had nothing to do with her. You don't even know her. You're never going to meet her. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, right, hundreds right. of miles away. And my mind had got snagged and it's doing the same thing. And I just had to stop. And I was like, oh, God. So I you know, opened the back door, stepped outside, took a sniff of air and shook my head. He's like, wow, I'm glad I caught it. Yeah. But I had to really consciously redirect. But that's what we do. All the time we get hooked and we get snagged. And when we're meditating, it's definitely going to happen. We're making space for it to happen. And these thoughts are coming through. Sometimes they're like floaters in our eyes. They just need to drift past. They're not worth anything. Just let them go. Sometimes they do need more, more processing. So, yeah, it sounds easy, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And it's work. But we need some vigilance. 
we need some uh, humor. Definitely humor. Definitely humor. Yes. Thank you for bringing that forward. (laughs) And I find it really helpful to know how the mind works and how it does it. Then we we can pull ourselves up because we're going to have these moments where we get snagged or we let our guard down. And, you know, I also have a meditation practice. And still, after so many years, I can find my mind's gone so far away and you don't always even see it go. Right. On the good days, I'll see my mind go and I'll pull it back. On the really good days, I'll pull it back and back and back. And I can be quite tired after meditating if I've continually caught it and pulled it back to be attentive to how I'm, what I'm meditating on. Yeah. So it's all work, but it's really good work. And Ayurveda makes a very important teaching on this, which has really impacted me. And that is how we deal with things affects how we're going to deal with everything for the rest of our life. In fact, it teaches that for future lives too. It sets up a predisposition, a tendency in how we respond to things. So if we're going to do it with some compassion and humor and and learn to do it better and and be willing to practice, and it is all practice, it's not going to be success. Right. It's practice. The path is the journey. But if we're going to keep doing the practice with humor and kindness, we're going to train ourselves to do it more readily, more softly, more easily, and to bring that neutrality and more quickly. So it's really valuable. It is valuable. It, it makes me think of um, Pema Chodron's teachings and how she infuses humor into the work and into being present and, and mindfulness and, and everything else. And I remember when I first happened upon her and her teachings so many years ago, how grateful I was for that honesty, for that understanding that our mind is sometimes, especially when we're in stillness, doing our meditation practice, it's like trying to tame wild horses yeah. <laughs> and to trying to corral them and then to be in that space of, oh, look at that. That's happening again. Oh, look at that. And just being in that awareness of what's happening without judgment. Uh, and humor is a big piece of identifying that and being like, oh, well, there I go again. Uh, I'm just going to keep coming back round and round and, and do my best to digest, process my thoughts and, and be still. You know, there's a, a teaching on this in our How to Calm Your Fragile Mind course about letting thoughts ripen and naturally fade. It's really incredibly helpful. Uh, sometimes the example is used of a flower that develops from a tight bud to an open flower that reveals its structure and colors and beauty and then starts to fade and break down and go to seed and back to the earth, right? Yeah. So it's a process that will happen on its own if we let it. Mm -hmm. That's how we don't reject is to know that if it's a thought worthy of, of some uh, contemplation, we may need to let it sit there for a while and, and ripen, and then it will bring us its teachings, and then we keep the teachings and we let, it, we let the thought fade, or it will naturally fade. We just allow it to fade. So, yeah, we shouldn't be rejecting because that's an energy, and we know what we um, resist persists. It's going to come back. It's going to keep coming back. Um, so definitely. As the question says, you know, to not resist, 
but let them bring their teaching, bring their lesson to us, and then when they're ready, they'll move on. I was talking to somebody yesterday who has been healing from some quite prolonged and significant trauma, and um, they were saying that they always felt that it was going to take time. It needed to be really gentle, and over time it wasn't something they wanted to get into heavy conversations about or big processes about. They just felt that they needed to make daily adjustments or over time. Um, but they, when they first thought that, didn't know if were they being avoidant, were they rejecting help, but it's proved to be a very correct intuition for them and now they're starting to feel some relief. And we, we were just talking about how personal it is and how we're allowed and encouraged to choose our own healing processes so sometimes things coming up thoughts they take they take time and and that's okay and sometimes they're fleeting and we just need to let them go quickly but we're not pushing them away we're letting them pass it's been my experience that and th this will shock you i'm sure ananga and <laughs> <laughs> i get really impatient when this happens and want it to be settled now. So while I listen to your friend and, and can, can nod my head and agree that, that time and sweetness and micro changes can be a wonderful way to process and, and move through really tough information and experiences, I have to prepare my mind to be more patient because my mind will be like a bull in a china shop, just crashing and burning and trying to, you know, get to the answer, get to what what is going to make this stop. And I can I can find humor in that because it's a pattern. And so I see that and I'll be like, oh, wait a minute. That's really not going to help you. You're going to cause more destruction if you go at it that way with so much vim and vigor without really knowing what, what's happening other than you're frustrated and want whatever's happening to stop. So to be able to see it and then pull back and be like, all right, this has not served me well in the past. What might serve me better now in this moment? What might, and usually it's talking to you uh, or talking to my husband and having somebody who knows me really, really well witness what's happening, laugh at me, uh, help, help me kind of flip it on its side or flip it upside down. And then, and then it passes because, it's, because I've faced it uh, without letting it hook me for too long. But if I stay in that other really unbalanced pit of place, I cause myself so much more harm. Yeah, again, this, I think this is a really important a point you share, and, and again, it speaks to the, the value of self-understanding, understanding our nature, that again, Ayurveda, which we often discuss as India's ancient science of life, gifts us. You know, we know that the more fiery mind type, as you just described, the pitta mind type, sometimes they just feel it's just inconvenient. They've got things to do. It's not efficient to be dealing with this right now, and it just needs to be done and filed. You know, and if it's Pitta, it's going to be filed very well alphabetically <laughs> and promptly right? and shut the door and get on with the day. It's just not efficient or convenient. Vata may do something hasty in response to their discomfiture. They may 
choose a, a hasty and not necessarily healthy distraction because it overwhelms them and it's just so uncomfortable. Coffer, they don't really want to face it and they, they're just going to kind of like leave it in the corner and they might have to watch TV or take a nap or eat a donut or something. They're going to go quite, <laughs> quite lethargic on it. And we all have these tendencies to greater or lesser degrees according to our makeup, but also to greater or lesser degrees according to how are we running our mind. Mm-hmm. How much care and compassion and space is in the mind because those are our less helpful defaults. But Vata on a, in a balanced state might choose to have a, a good conversation. They might write a poem or a song or produce some art, something creative that brings it out. Itta might be very good at exploring it with somebody else that they respect and trust is usually the way. But they can be very proactive and they still want to put it to bed, but they will do the work. Some of my um, most inspired, uh, inspiring clients have been Itta clients who like, they just come and roll their sleeves up and it's like, okay. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. We've got this time, but they'll do the work. They'll do the work. Yeah. And Vata is so open and receptive and creative and also um, wonderful, wonderful to work with. So we just need to look, you know, if, if we're being a bit kapha and lethargic about it, we need to take a walk. We need to talk to somebody because kapha can go to this kind of heavy fear that's just kind of on your shoulder and really eclipsing the light from your life. So they need to throw open the windows, take a deep breath, talk to somebody, walk with somebody. Mm-hmm. There's all different ways that we can, so many different approaches we can use, but it, I find it really helpful to understand, and again, with humor really helps, a little bit of our nature, how we're responding, why we're responding, and how can we make it more comfortable? The whole point is to make it more comfortable and to free us up so we've got better things to think about and you know, better things to do, deeper things to explore. And so that we're not clinging or rejecting, because this is where the mind will go. This is where the mind will initially take us. But to be in the space of relaxation, absorbing the lessons. You and I talk all the time about what was the lesson here? What is this teaching here? And then to make adjustments in our lives where necessary so that we can let the thoughts move on in their own time. And to just keep coming back to that, to coming back to that, okay, what is it I'm, I need here? What am I learning here? How can I care for myself? What adjustments can I make? And then get on with it, she says in her pit of fashion. Get on with it. <laughs> to also understand that this is the stuff of life. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. And, it, and if we think it's a major inconvenience, then we're going to get all the more snagged. Because this is the stuff that comes up. We're learning about ourselves all the time, or we're avoiding ourselves all the time. But when we're willing to learn and explore, then we can learn different um, techniques for healing and for, for helping ourselves. I mean, in, with this kind of question, again, journaling is so helpful because you get to air your thoughts on the page. And then if you do it over a few days and, and look back, you're going to see a pattern. Stuff's going to get revealed to you. And then if you choose, to look back over time, we see that these lessons come again and again. They're quite cyclic. Yeah, they sure are. They reveal themselves to us in quite, um, you know, different layers over time. But when we object, we're just going to suffer more because 
our mind is going to bring stuff to our attention. And really, we're supposed to be evolving, not just existing. And this is part of our conscious evolution. It's part of developing our consciousness and part of um, living our life more, more peacefully, more aspirationally, and ultimately more actively in the direction of things that hold meaning and purpose for us. Mm. Thank you for this conversation. And thank you to our listeners who continue to send in these excellent questions. We appreciate it and we look forward to receiving even more. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. You can become an Anxiety Slayer patron and get all of our guided relaxations and more at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.